There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Your weekend home for all things sport. This is The Grill on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live from Barasti. A very good evening and welcome to Barasti. The game is always on down here. You are listening to The Grill just after 6 o'clock on your Saturday evening. It's myself, Chris McCarty, Tom Ucker will be here. He's just running a little late. He's got other pressing matters at hand. He will be with me over the course of the next three hours, though joining myself today it is Ross Chris. We'll hear from Ross in just a moment. What have we got for you between now and nine o'clock? Well, we've got not one, not two, but three incredible chances for you to win. More details on that to come shortly. What else have we got from a live sporting perspective? Well, we've got an early in the English Premier League. It comes down at St Mary's. It is Southampton against Burnley. We'll give you a score update on that as we go this evening. We're building up as well to a busy few weeks locally. We've got the Dubai Duty Free Tennis Championships which start down in the Aviation Club this coming week. There's also the Dubai Women's Tour, an inaugural cycling event that has far-reaching consequences. We'll tell you why as we go this evening. There's the UE Tour to look forward to as well. The best cyclers in the planet, on the planet, will be here 23rd to the 29th of this month. All of that to build up to and well, there's the small matter of a rack half marathon to build up to next Friday. We're going to be speaking to one of the organisers behind that. There's a brand new football league launching. And trust me when I say you will most certainly want to hear the details on that. Why? Well, there's 125,000 dirhams up for grabs on that one. All of that to discuss between now and nine o'clock. As always, 4001, join the conversation. And yes, we will get to the story that is dominating the footballing landscape over the past 24 hours or so. Manchester City handed a two-year UEFA Champions League ban. They've also been fined. Uh, a princely sum of about 25 million quid. That's about 125 million dirhams. All the fallout of that to discuss between now and nine o'clock as well. You know where it's at. It's at the grill. It's at Barasti, where the game is always on. 4001 to join the conversation. This is the grill. Join the conversation. Text 4001 or message us for free on the Dubai Eye app. Yeah, good evening. Welcome to the show. It is myself, Chris McCarty. As I say, Tom Ucker and Ross Christ. We are on your airwaves through until nine o'clock. Let me welcome in now our all-American hero. It is Ross Christo. Ross, afternoon, mate. Good evening, Chris McCarty. Good evening, listeners. Hope you're doing a great. Have you, hope you're having a great weekend out there in Dubai and the rest of the UAE. If you want to join us at Barasti, we are up top at the rooftop garden, and you couldn't pick a better night to join us because it is a gorgeous sunset out here, it isn't it? It certainly is. Sun just setting at about five past six this evening. The late game in the English Premier League, incidentally, it is coming from Carroll Road. It is Norwich against your runaway leaders, Liverpool, who can, I am told, three points tonight and they're secured of Champions League football next season. I don't think that was ever in doubt. Ross, it's been a while since we caught up. That's right. I think the last time we caught up was the Sunday of the Super Bowl. That's right. You joined us on Off Script Extra Time. That's always a long day in my schedule. Yeah, it was a long day for me as well. Set the alarm early, or did you stay up late? What was the? How did you work? I got, the Super I got Bowl? up at three thirty in the morning and I watched that. I watched that game, and then it was. It was. You know, I soaked it all in. Then I was hitting the Dubai Eye Studios. I was hitting Dubai 92 Studios. Anyone who picked up the phone call, I gave them, <laughs> I gave them a piece of my mind. But it was a, uh, you know, it's an amazing Super Bowl. Hats off to Kansas City. That that the city is, uh, yeah, you know, they have such great fans. Those Chiefs fans, one of the loudest in the NFL, and they have a great young quarterback and Andy Reid, 
one of the most likable coaches in the NFL. He gets his ring, so way to go, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs getting the job done against a storied franchise, of course, in San Francisco 49ers. A first Super Bowl in 50 years for the Chiefs, Roscoe. I appreciate a lot of water has passed through the bridge over the course of the past two weeks now since that Super Bowl. A lot of talk in the aftermath that that Kansas City Chiefs side may just start a new dynasty. Do you feel that is the case? You know, I think we throw around the word dynasty as soon as we crown somebody a winner nowadays in American sport. Yes, they have a young quarterback, which is what you want to build a franchise around when it comes to American football. But let's just not say dynasty right now because the New England Patriots, they set up a dynasty. You mentioned the San Francisco 49ers. They had a dynasty. The Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s. This is a team that just won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, So we'll see what they, what they can do next year. Then we can start using the coveted D word on this radio network. When you look at that Kansas City Chiefs side though, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, the new poster boy of the NFL, it's fair to say, Roscoe? Yeah, I mean, he just brings it week in, week out. He can get you with his arm. He can get you with his feet. And he's likable. I mean, you see this guy, and it's, he's just a, a great character. He's, if you're going to build a franchise around someone, why not build someone that's brought up in a professional sport house so he kind of knows what the what the drill is with his father playing 12 years in the Major League Baseball system, former Pittsburgh Pirate, I'll have you know that. But Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, yes. Quite quite the young talent, and as long as you have him under center, I think they're a threat to, to, to make it to the playoffs. And then you look at the weapons around, and that was one thing that was leveled against Tom Brady. Now, come to Tom Brady, because this is a man, of course, who's got the job done numerous times. A six-time Super Bowl champion, an awful lot of eyes focused in on New England Patriots. He didn't have the weapons at his disposal this past year, Roscoe. Patrick Mahomes certainly did. You look at Travis Kelsey, you look at Sammy Watkins, you look at... Obviously the big one, Tyreek Hill as well. They're all going to stick around. So next year, this Kansas City Chiefs team looks largely like it looked this past year, right? That's exactly right. One name you left out, Damian Williams, one of their star running backs. He's young as well, so he's going to have some fresh legs in that backfield. So he's got a lot of weapons to dish the ball to. That offense is firing on all cylinders. I guess the one thing I look at when I look at Kansas City, if I have to pick a chink in their armor, I guess their defense, you know, their offense... Their offense is gets them all the headlines. He has all the weapons. He has the wide receivers, the running backs, the tight ends. A great line. But can that defense hold uh, and, and stay with their nucleus, their core for next year to make another run at it? In terms of the offseason, of course, it stretches now all the way through. When will the boys meet up again for summer camp? July? Yeah, so they're going to – it's it's – Weird to say it, but they'll be going to their college campuses, their their homes for the off-season programs, and then the rookies will have the draft, and the rookies will show up. And who, before you know it, in three years, we'll still still be talking football. But you can keep an eye on the XFL in the meantime, a new league that's just popping up under the tutelage of Mr. Vince McMahon, the CEO of the WWE, a man who knows a bit or two about sports and entertainment with that successful league. And the w- and XFL had their first kickoff two weeks ago. Very, very good. Over 16,000 people showed up to the very first game. Give me a semblance of what it's all about, XFL. Is it truly seen as a rival to the NFL? Well, let's just look at this. I was reading an article on the Washington uh, roster right now. So out of the 52 players on the roster, 50 of them have NFL experience. So these are guys who've made it and to, the, to the league, and for whatever reason, they're outcasts. They didn't make it on the league. They got cut. They were injured. Maybe they had some problems. So they come into the XFL. They have the TV contracts. They have people showing up, paying money to come to these games. So they're picking up a paycheck now. As we look at the Southampton-Burnley game, we'll get you some updates for that one. But... Um, 
some differences in the NFL. They're trying to uh, make this league a little bit more fun, a little bit more flashy. They don't want, for instance, when the players walk out of the, uh, the locker rooms, they want their helmets off. They want fans to recognize the players' faces. It's, it's a me-first me type of league. They want celebrations. They want stuff like that. So Vince McMahon tried this about 10 years back. Failed. Failed miserably as well. So he thinks he's retooled his formula, he's retooled his method, and we'll see where this one goes. It's exact same in terms of rules, except yeah, for four downs. Now, four downs. There, there are some extra, there are some tweaks in the rules to make the games a little bit more interesting. And I'll look those up and I'll get to you, get you some of them after the commercial break. But yeah, for the most part, you're watching a game of American football out there. Interesting. Will it last? Remains to be seen. I'm a little sceptical of that. The NFL is such a huge beast, of course, in terms of the storylines in the offseason. And I will get you a score update in just a moment of Southampton against Burnley. That is your early kickoff in the English Premier League. I just want to finish up on NFL if I can, Ross. I know we're looking back before we can look forward. But what moves? What are we expecting in the offseason? Obviously, all eyes. Again, I say his name, Tom Brady, the GOAT. A man who is or can and will become a free agent by the time the new season starts. He's 43 years of age as well. Does he remain a Patriot or does he fancy, does he fancy one little last hurrah somewhere else where I would dare to suggest that if he was to go somewhere else and win another Super Bowl, you can end the debate now. There is no debate. He's the greatest NFL player of all time. He's, <laughs> I think he's already won that debate in most people's eyes, but all eyes are on Tom Brady. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He is the top coveted free agent heading into the offseason because you know what he can bring you. He can bring you Super Bowls. Now, is he going to be leaving Foxborough? Will he be leaving that, you know, his home, his base, his whole entire career is with one organization? I think not. I think it's all for display. I think he's going to get everything he wants in this contract because he's 43 years old and he's just done everything he can for the Kraft family and that organization. And I think they also know that as well. But who knows? I've been wrong before. It would be very interesting to see Tom Brady head. And it even it'll be interesting for me, for Chris, even if he takes another meeting with the team, if he sits down with the Los Angeles Chargers, if he sits down with the Dallas Cowboys, then I'm going to just step back and say, whoa, maybe he is for real. Because I don't remember a time in Tom Brady's career where he's actually done that. Every single time, it's just been the Patriots. He's got what he's wanted out of it, and he's re-signed. Let's say, and, and join me in this little hypothetical scenario, Let's say he does want to talk to another team. Who are in the pecking order? Who are the teams that would most certainly want to sit down with TB12? Well, I just mentioned two of them right there. And we'll start with the Los Angeles Chargers, who are parting ways with their franchise quarterback, Phillip Rivers, who spent his whole entire career there. Phillip Rivers has now left the Chargers. He's a free agent as well. He relocated his family to Florida, so there's some speculation he could be heading down south. But Tom Brady... From California, loves Los Angeles. I could really see Tom Brady transitioning into something into Hollywood after he's done with his yep. career. He's certainly a good-looking fellow. His wife's, uh, his wife's one of the biggest supermodels in the world. So I could see Los Angeles being a good base for him and his family post-football. So let's stick with the Los Angeles Chargers. Do they have the weapons that Tom Brady wants and desires? I think not. So I'm going to give you another team. The Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys QB Dak Prescott. He's a free agent as well at 27 years old. But let me tell you, Jerry Jones would sign Tom Brady up any day of the week. And he has some big tools there on the Dallas Cowboys. He's got a very, very good running back in Ezekiel Elliott. So maybe he heads down to the Big D. Oh, I like that one, Ross. I'm excited. Any but he's Dallas going to Foxborough. He's going to stay at Foxborough. You, you, you mentioned there... 
he'll get what he wants in that contract. Not necessarily cash that he's looking for, is it? It will be surely, surely, at the age of 43, he'll want weapons. You know, I, I, what does the man want? You know, it's interesting because he has all the cash in the world. He's dating. He's married to the biggest supermodel in the world. He has an amazing family. He does everything on and off. So it would be interesting for me to see what besides cash Tom Brady actually wants. Is it days off in practice? Is it surely his own, weapons? Is it, you think so? It's what I because he are, I, they're always the New England Patriot way is you know they don't make splashes in free agency. They kind of bring bring up their own players, much like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yes, maybe he'll want some weapons. Maybe he'll see what they go out and get. But honestly, with Tom Brady under center, I really think it doesn't matter that much. Who's the wide receiver? Who's the tight end? Who's the running back? Tom Brady generally delivers you a playoff berth. It's going to be interesting. That is the big story that will continue to run and run in this NFL off-season. Just approaching quarter past six. I want to break away from the NFL chat if I can because let's put you in the picture of what's going on from a footballing standpoint. Of course, it is a Saturday. There is Premier League action. Yes, we are in the midst of a winter break. We saw four games last weekend. We've got six for you across this week into Monday and Tuesday. Of course, the big one on Monday night undoubtedly comes from Stamford Bridge. It is Chelsea against Manchester United. The early kick-off today comes from St Mary's down on the south coast of the United Kingdom. It is Southampton against Burnley. Southampton have had a decent run of results in recent weeks. That being said... They do still have the worst home record in the Premier League. Someone should tell their fans that, Chris, because yeah. there's about that. That stadium looks to be the worst attended stadium I've seen all year. I think a lot of them have left, and uh, there's good reason for that. The, the weather conditions, Storm Dennis or Hurricane Dennis or whatever they're calling it over there, has certainly played its part. But it's the fact as well that if you are just tuning in, it's Southampton one, Burnley. Two Burnley came into this one six games unbeaten against Southampton. They actually meted out a 3-0 defeat on the Saints at the start of the season. Burnley took the lead inside just two minutes in this one. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Ross, straight from a corner. It was Ashley Westwood who took the corner. Danny Ings, for whatever reason, sitting on the or standing as it was, not sitting, standing on the post, and he just walked away from it. He left it. And it went straight in, despite the fact that Alex McCarthy tried to keep it out. It went straight in. Ashley Westwood took the plaudits. That was after just two minutes. Danny Ings then atoned for that error because he leveled things up. Magnificent finish from the former Burnley and Liverpool man. Edge of the area, one touch, out of his feet, bang, into the bottom corner it went. That was his 15th league goal of the season. That was after 18 minutes. I can tell you, though, and Ross, you've seen this goal an early contender for goal of the weekend. It came from the substitute, Matej Vedra, the former Watford man. He's come on in that uh, first half for the injured Chris Wood, the big Kiwi, and he has scored a goal that is an absolute thing of beauty. Took it on the chest, moved it away from the defender, then on the left foot, his weaker left foot volley, past Alex McCarthy into the top uh, right-hand corner. Fantastic finish from the Burnley man. So with five minutes remaining at St Mary's, it is Southampton 1, Burnley 2. And, well, you're not a happy man over that, Roscoe, because <laughs> Southampton were what? Yeah, I, I picked I picked Southampton in my killer league. But let's look at this table right now, Chris McCarty. Southampton sitting 13th right now in the Premier League table with 31 points. They're going to drop some tonight if this score uh, stays 2-1 at the 90th minute mark. 
Are they in any worry if you're a Saints fan for relegation? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be worried if I was a Southampton fan. And the reason for that, they've got Danny Ings. He's worth his weight in gold. 15 goals now. Only two men have scored more. Jamie Vardy, 17 of Leicester City, of course, and Sergio Aguero on 16. They've shown enough for me. Yes, OK. I'm sure if you're Ralph Hasenhutl, the Southampton boss, you're worried about your team's home form. But... I do still feel that Southampton have got enough about them. I think there are three worse teams than them come the end of the season. I really do. I think Norwich are down. I think I really do. I, I fear for Aston Villa. If I was an Aston Villa mm. fan, I'd fear for them. And then, toss a coin, West Ham right now, you would think on paper, have enough. Watford have had a great little run under Nigel Pearson, but they remain 19th. Bournemouth are only going one way. Brighton as well, you know my links to that football club, but they've had a torrid in recent weeks as well. So for me, Ross, I think it's anyone from Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, West Ham, Watford and Norwich. Three from those six. And still looking at the table right now, Burnley, what a success story they've been this season. They're sitting at 31 points right now, but with tonight's win, win, they're going to leapfrog Arsenal and man, you! What a story they've been this I mean, season. It's just—it's just incredible. You look at it—you look at it. It's ten wins, Ross. More wins than Man United. More wins than Arsenal. I mean, think of this: Arsenal have won just six games all season. After twenty-five matches, Arsenal have won six. Burnley. Now, Burnley have won 10 now. If this result stays the same, and they've got a few minutes to see this one out, Man United, just nine wins. Even Wolves, a much, much heralded Wolves side, have only won eight football matches in the Premier League. If Burnley win this, they're level with Everton, level with Spurs, level with Sheffield United. There's only four teams that have won more football games than them, and that is the top four. Chelsea, Leicester, Man City and Liverpool. It's staggering. I say it year after year after year. Comparatively speaking, you look at the money that Burnley spend, compare it to your United, your Arsenal's, your Cities, your Liverpool's. The job that Sean Dyche has done and continues to do at that football club is nothing short of astounding it really is to get those boys week in week out he's got the level of performance very rare do you see Burnley yeah okay they might have a bad day in the office one or two of those but there are standards set at that football club and Sean Dyche deserves all the credit that he is getting similar in a lot of ways to the job that Chris Wilder has done with Sheffield United there is a way of playing there is a style there there's a way that you have to behave both on and off the field and you've got to give full credit to them right then I'm conscious of time we've got a very special guest he's going to be joining us in a few moments we've got a great competition to tell you about as well three winners will be walking away this evening with three incredible prizes all the details on that to come in just a moment it's chris and ross we're with you through until nine o'clock this evening stay tuned This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. A beautiful evening down here at Barasti. The tunes are pumping on the beach. The place is filling up nicely as well. An awful lot of Norwich and Liverpool fans, I'm sure, making their way into this venue. That is your late kickoff in the English Premier League. Norwich against Liverpool kickoff is at 9.30. Ross Christ is alongside myself, Chris McCarty. Now, Ross, we're very fortunate in this part of the world, and I know you've profited from it as well. You're a massive sporting anorak like myself. So many great and wonderful sporting events your father your family rich in your running you love your running yeah that's exactly right grew up grew up in a running household some some former jobs I used to work for the Air Force Marathon the Pittsburgh Marathon I I was ingrained with distance running from a young age in our house so every weekend we would head to a different race somewhere in America and you know hit the dusty trail with old Jim Christ Jim Christ big shout out to Ross's father because how many marathons has he completed Ross at last count hundreds 
it's insane. Yeah. And he's still running now. He's still running. He's, st he's, he's still he's, pacing. He's a little crazy. It's, he's a little nuts, though. He is a little nuts, he's but a little he's nuts. good nuts. If you're listening, Jim, massive shout out to you. Now, the reason we're talking running, because we've got another fantastic date in the calendar. Next Friday, we will all head up to Rasselhema. Why? What's the Rack Half Marathon? It is the fastest half marathon anywhere on the planet. And one man who is responsible for an event that continues to grow year after year after year. Delighted to say he's joined us down here at Barasti. His name is Luca Onofrio. He is the project manager of the Rack Half Marathon. He's wrapped up warm as well. Good reason for that, because when the sun sets, it does get a little chilly down here. Luca, very good evening to you, my friend. Uh, first of all, Chris and Russ, thank you very much for the invitation tonight. Don't be silly. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know there was such a family of runners, so... Yes, I feel like, uh, the, the Crystal family. <laughs> it's oh. the perfect spot to talk about running tonight, Absolutely, so. and you need to get this man on that start line, no doubt about that. Let's talk about it, okay. Luca, because, well, let's give the brass tacks. A lot of people might be listening to this tonight going, Rack Half Marathon, give me more details. All set for what promises to be another successful edition? Exactly. So, guys, uh, you just have a few hours to, uh, to register. The registration will close tonight, but... We hope to see you, all of you, next week on Friday, 21st of uh, February in uh, Margin Island. Uh, it's going to be the 14th edition of, of this uh, amazing race, the fastest half marathon in the world, as Chris was saying before. And I just want to say that for the first time, we're going to be over 5,000 5, people wow. uh, for this 14th edition. And it's going to be fun for everyone, uh, runners, uh, people who are used to long distances, but also for relay as I know, you will be there for I'll that. I'll be there. I'm on the start line for the relay. But I'm then that will line. be a scene to be seen. Make sure you have emergency personnel up there, Luca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everyone like better be trained. Ambulance okay? doctor will be there. Yeah, Good. Yeah, he's not wrong either on that front, Luca. But listen, it is fantastic. 14th edition, first time in this event's history. We've got over 5,000 participants. Now, give me the breakdown because a lot of people might think, well, hold on a second. It's Saturday night. Preparations out the window. How can I run the half marathon? The good news uh, is you don't need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just we don't have just the half marathon. We also have a 5K, so not much of uh, training for that. And also 1K if you're planning to go down for an amazing day on the beach with your family, with your kids. You also have the chance to have them running. So, and then other than that, like we have 3,500 people running between the half marathon and the relay, and then the other 1,500 between the 5K and the 1K. So. Okay. Plenty of uh, opportunities for everyone, also to enjoy a nice day out Absolutely. in uh, Rasakema. Four years ago, my father ran in your race, and he came back to my apartment. He just was raving a little bit about your course. Describe your course right now, because to a lot of marathon runners, to a lot of half marathon runners, the course is really what makes the run. Yeah, yeah. The course is uh, it's on Marjan Island. So before it was in uh, Rasakema. Uh, the city itself, but it's been moved there to give also the opportunity to enjoy, as I was saying, a day, a nice day out. So the start is in front of the uh, Double Tree by Hilton. So yeah, exactly nice. a nice spot. There's going to be a, a nice village with activities for everyone. And then the course goes out for the first 5K and then comes back in into the island. And then he visits all the islands and all the Marjan Islands. So it's really fast. There is not even one percentage of... Uh, uh, steep, so it's really fast, and that's why it makes like a unique event. Itself. I, I guess I need to ask, given the fact that I'm doing the relay, there are a few listeners joining my team, Robbie's team, Sonal's team from off script as well. What leg do I want to be running? What's the uh, quick one, Luca? Where will I have the wind at my back? <laughs> Is that the first one? Let's say the first yeah, one. Yeah, I thought yeah. you'd say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so you're going to be like uh, nice and sharp, seven nice. o'clock the start. <laughs> Is yeah, that the yeah. time? Yeah, 7 a.m. 7 a.m. for the half yeah, marathon oh. and the 
uh, relay teams, and then 10.30 for the 5K, and then this, 11 for the This man does not do well with 7 No, I do not. I'm normally getting into bed <laughs> at 7 a.m., Luca. Luca, looking at your course records for us running nuts out there, your course record for the men is 58.42, which is very, very fast yeah. indeed. That's less, that's about a half minute, Chris, off of the world record. So a lot of eyes might be on your race this year from the running community. You know, a couple running journo nuts like myself. Do you think your course actually has what it takes to break that record? Uh, we hope so. We yeah. want to say that we cross our fingers and we look forward to our next Friday. Just to give you some data, we're going to have 11 men with a personal best soup 60 minutes. Wow. Uh, 11 of them. So That's really the good. field is already there. And then for the women, we have uh, 12 women with a sub 67 personal best. And not to mention that we're going to have um, Bridget Koje, which is the marathon world record holder, running in Rasakema on Friday. So let's say that the, all the lights of the running world are going to be there uh, next Friday on, uh, on Rasakema. So oh, wow. she you, just like sorry, just she yeah. just beat the world record last year in Chicago for yeah, the did. for the marathon. So and she's, she's going to be there. Wow, she's that is preparing news to the, me. She's going to be at the Olympic this year. So. Let's Bridget, don't worry, Chris. Guy. You will not see her on that course. No, I won't. <laughs> <But> <laughs> maybe just at the start, and then uh... you can get a selfie with her right when they do three, two, one, go. But if you're listening at home and you want to make it an experience, because of course, Russell came as really? one of the most beautiful places we have here in the UAE. You're teaming up with some hotels, and you have some race weekend offers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go on the on our website. There are all the offers. Of course, the I don't know how many places that are still available in the hotels because. Of course, the island is uh, ready Easy, to, yeah. to welcome the, this such uh, international big event. Uh, but of course, Russell Kema, there is plenty to see. You can have a nice day out there and then, I don't know, why not going to the beach, enjoy also the mountain there. So why It's not? important that, just a, just a word on that, because Russell Kema, there's no doubt in the last couple of years, last mm. two, three years, it has very much positioned itself for your more extreme sports, I think of the Jebel Jace, the zip line. There's now the, the, the collection of zip lines up there. There's the Via Ferrata. It's amazing that the half marathon has still remained in a lot of ways. And the fact as well, and this is credit to you guys, Luca, the fact that you have got hotels on board and rack tourism, it becomes a kind of 360. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This is what, like, when we started to plan the, the event this year, uh, actually last year, uh, we wanted to have every everyone on board, all the stakeholders, as you were saying, hotels. Uh, thank, of course, to RACTDA, which is the organizer itself of the event and who's behind and is pushing the event. So, yeah, the idea is to, to be all there together and to push Russell Kema as a, a destination, uh, not only inside and for the UAE residents, but, of course, we have... Uh, many people from abroad coming just for to run and then to enjoy, of course, uh, a nice weekend there. You mentioned it, Luca. The deadline, I believe, is a minute before midnight this yeah, evening. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we've already broken through the 5,000 barrier. If you're listening to this and you think, you know what, the 5K, I want to pop up and check what it's all about, best place to do that is the Rack Half yeah, Marathon. The Rack Half Mar Half Marathon .com. Uh, Registration, as you were saying, is still open, 11.59 uh, p.m., and then it's closed. Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of the feedback that you're getting from Russell Kema, because an event like this, it doesn't happen overnight. You guys have been working and planning this for a couple of months. Anything else that we can expect to be a little different? What can fans and runners um, expect? Basically, of course, we are pushing people to stay there. We're encouraging people to be there. So we have announced the, all the activities in the village, uh, music, there is a concert, selfie opportunities. Uh, food trucks so the idea is to have people there and then not just to run but then 
also as soon as they finish the run, uh, find a refreshment, to enjoy like uh, a day out, to be there for a couple of hours, uh, and then why not also like. Well, I need to thank you, Luca, because I want to launch our competition now. This is related to the Rack Half Marathon, and this is a belter. Because, courtesy of Luca, the organisers of the Rack Half Marathon, massive shout-out as well to Hertz and to Joma, and for good reason, because three of you listening in this evening, what about this for a prize? We are giving away this evening a gift voucher from Hertz for a free weekend drive in a Toyota wow. Prado or a similar SUV. We're also going to throw in a 500 dirham voucher from Leader Sports and Health Sport to be used to purchase Joma kit. Now, Hertz, we all know, one of the big, if not the biggest, rental company anywhere on the planet. 100 years of age, 25 years here in the UAE. Joma, Leader Sport, is the official distributor of Joma here in the United Arab Emirates. Joma is a leading Spanish sportswear company. So, 500 dirham voucher, we're throwing in as well a gift voucher from Hertz so that essentially you can pick up an SUV for a weekend on us. It's not a bad prize, though. Yeah, I, I would like to leave the show and go home and listen. <laughs> and <enter. laughs> right then, the question. We thought long and hard about this yes, one, we did. Roscoe. You've got the question. You've got to answer this one on 4001, and we will pick three lucky winners come the end of the show. And a reminder, the Rack Half Marathon registration closes 11.59 this evening, therackhalfmarathon.com. But the question for our quiz is, Roscoe? That's right. With a winning time of 2 hours, 8 minutes, and 44 seconds, what man won the men's marathon at the Games in Rio in 2016. Text yeah. us at 4001. I love it. It might not be what you think, or it may well be what you think. Look, have you slept much ahead of this? Will you sleep much uh, over the course of the next week? Let's see that next week is going to be very busy. I'm moving to Russell Kema on Monday, and then every night is going to be like, every day is going to be quite busy, and then the night before, usually you don't sleep, so you just go straight from uh, Thursday to a nice Friday afternoon, hopefully. And then you'll sleep well Friday night. Exactly. But it yeah. is important to point out, because uh, just give us a bit of an insight into organising events here in the UE. I, pre I appreciate there's a lot of pressure that, that falls on you and your team, and I'm thinking of all event organisers. When you're set a KPI of a certain number, it must be really nice when you hit it yeah. a weekend. Yeah, yeah, let's say that we are counting the numbers every minute yeah. of the day, and uh, we have a WhatsApp group in the office, so we're all aligned every time. <laughs> Where are we? Where are we? So... Let's say that we're celebrating because this is, was a huge target. It's yeah. never been, uh, it's never been done in the past. So let's say compared to the previous years, we've done a uh, 50 percent more in terms of registration. Wow. So uh, we're pretty happy about that. And what is very important for us is that we bring also in people that uh, they're not like uh, season runners, but we increase the numbers in the 5K, the 1K. So we want people to enjoy the running and then to experience uh, the running and then maybe one day to run the. Uh, half marathon itself. Let me ask you this question. What's more important to an event organiser? A world record being broken so that that then gets worldwide attention or is it the legacy piece? Is it getting more kids, more adults at that start line and running their very first half marathon? Uh, let's say that we work on uh, both uh, sides. Of course, for us, it's really important to beat the world record and to have like the best runners in the world because this gives a, a huge visibility worldwide. But as myself as a runner, I always do my best in terms of organizing and I push all the team to give the best experience ever to all the runners from the minute they reach the area to the minute they left. Because at the end, like when you run, you, you, you sweat a lot, it's really tired, but then the, the experience and the memory you will bring is what's 
what really brings you back to the hereafter and to all the years. So for us, this is very important, uh, both the elite, but at the same time, uh, the let's say the common runners. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. And it's fair to say, Almarjan Island, it's a spectacular mm. sport there. The, so yes, enjoy the run, but you're giving runners that little bit extra, the scenery down yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not many places where you can uh, run and you have like a, such a beautiful view. Uh, the breeze there, we hopefully we hope that on Friday morning the condition will be perfect for everyone. Uh, so yeah, we're just like looking forward, uh, of course, to see the uh, your teams there. Yeah, we'll be there. Don't you worry about that. We'll be there. I'm already loving it. Cannot wait uh, to be getting. Honest, honestly, Chris, I will love seeing you cross that finish line. <laughs> there was friend. like in the office every time was like, ah, oh, we look forward to see Chris there, to see him there running. Look, <laughs> trust me, I am going to be after about a couple of k. I think I'm going to be either flat on my back or I'm going to have someone giving me a piggyback to finish my 5.5k. I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Listen, bless you. Well done on all the work that you're doing. And a reminder as well, therackhalfmarathon.com. Registrations open until 11.59pm this evening. And if we can get up to, what, 5,500, then you really will be partying for a week after, yeah, right? exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> right then, that is the voice of Luca Onofrio. He is the project manager of the Rack Half Marathon. Luca, go and enjoy your evening. Go and sit down and, and have it's a the last. Uh, it's last weekend, so sure. Yeah, you enjoy that evening. Listen, Thank you when very we much come back, again, guys. massive thanks to Luca. We will give you reminders of how you can win with us, courtesy of the Rack Half Marathon team throughout this evening's show. And the big man, Tom Uckert, the boss man, he's arrived. We'll get his thoughts on what he's been up to in just a moment. Stay tuned. This is The Grill, live from Barasti, where the game is always on. Late yet again. Sort of story <laughs> of my life, really, isn't it? Coming in late. Late again, Ayurkut. Uh, where has uh, Tom been? Just been down the road at the first ever EMAR Masters Cup, which is a new Apollo event that's taking place here in the UAE. Uh, very kind of Mr. Mohammed Alabar to turn up to pre- make the presentations to the victorious teams at the end there. Uh, Gantu playing the UAE Polo team in the final earlier on this afternoon, uh, and it was eventually won by uh, Sheikh Amatha and the UAE Polo team. So another um, illustrious title to their trophy cabinet, which is uh, bustling at the best Bustle. of times. I was going to say it's a large one. And Polo is thriving here. Every, se- be, yeah. every second weekend you're doing something. So it's polo. busy at the moment uh, because obviously we're in the, the, in, in the midst of the season at present. So uh, plenty going on uh, in terms of this is a brand new tournament. It's the first time it's ever been um, um, held. What sets it apart? Uh, down at the Dubai Polo and Equestrian Club, down at the ranches. Uh, free entry in, which I think is, is a good addition. So you get a lot of picnickers coming in, taking advantage of the, uh, the, the, the tents in the, in the picnic side of the field. Um, uh, you get a lot of hospitality going on on the main terraces. Um, the other thing that I, is new about this one is cash prize so very rare you and I have had this conversation you know it's one of the few sports that there is no cash incentive invariably for uh, for, the, for the title well this is different this one's setting apart there was a big fat check at the end of it uh, courtesy of the team at EMAR for the eventual winners how big is that 120,000 dirhams oh nice and, and polo is such a niche sport I mean it's the ultimate niche sport of all all sports out there if you if I will if you if you're just listening at home and you know nothing about polo explain the gist of the game don't ask me, mate. I mean, yeah, well, you're, you're the commentator on it. Exactly. Don't ask me. No. Uh, what is the gist of the game? The gist of the game High is score. is to so basically it's it's 
four-man uh, format or four-man uh, and woman format, as we've seen in this tournament. Um, you are handicapped accordingly. So uh, the higher your handicap, the better you are as a player. The lower your handicap, uh, the more you've got to go. You can get up to a ten-goal handicap. That's the the best handicap you can get. Only a few players in the world can ever uh, have ever got to that uh, that heady height. But basically, I mean, not to make it too confusing, you've got to get it from one end of the field to the other in between the goals. And your it, it, it's your right of way. If you are in control of that ball, if you imagine a horse's ears and you are sat on, on top of that horse and you hit the ball, it's only one of the it's one of the few. T- the sports in the world as well that you have to play right-handed yes. can't it's play good left-handed quiz question, that. good quiz question that one you can have that one for free on me uh, 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 but so you have to be re- re- play right-handed you might not be right-handed but you have to play right-handed um, if you hit a forehand on the offside uh, so n- normal forehand there if you you are basically if, if the ball goes uh, if you drew a straight line from the horse's ears forward that's your line and if a player crosses that line which is where the term, in fact, comes from in the English language, we're crossing the line. If a player crosses that line, it's seen as an infringement. So you have control of that line. And as long as you can maintain that, you can be ridden off uh, sideways and, and other ways, but no one can come across your line, as it were. And, and will teams will teams travel the world as a team, as a unit? Or will they will they come to the UAE, they pick up a player here and there? Or will, Yeah, so will events like this, they'll be put together and you'll see. And so you, you've got to match your team to the handicap of that tournament. So this was a 10-goal tournament, or sorry, a medium-goal tournament, 10-11-goal. Uh, so basically, you've got to work out the dynamics of your team. So if you as a patron, so the owner of a team, and invariably will be a zero or a minus one, and then you've got to build the 10 goals from there. So you can go with two five-goalers, you can go with one six and a four uh, and a zero, or whatever, however you want to see it. So it's a different sort of dynamic for each team. Um, so tournaments here will be made up of, but then they have the sort of superstars uh, of the game, a team called La Dolfina, which is a high goal uh, team from Saudi Arabia. And they will always travel from Saudi Arabia. They were in Saudi Arabia last month for the Desert Polo event. Argentina. But they're from Argentina, Adolfo Cambiaso and others. They will always travel as an all-star team, as it were. And my, and my last question, if I'm putting together my team, you know, and I'm trying to get in the sport, can Tom Urquhart play polo? No. Not at all. No, I can. I, I, I've, I've, I've sticked to ball in the past. So when I first moved to the UAE, I'd never played the game before, uh, but then moved to a polo farm and uh, became very great mates with the polo manager and learned. Well, <laughs> learn, learn, learn the sport yeah. by means of stick and balling, which basically is practice. It's sort of you know, uh, of an e- of an afternoon, uh, you come together and you you, you practice. But I came to the realization very early on that I did not have the bank balance or the pockets deep enough to pursue this and game. this will sound like a really stupid question but I'm going to ask it anyway are the horses specially trained to play polo so the best horses the best polo ponies are exactly that they are come out of Argentina trained specifically for polo why because it's a niche set of skills that a polo pony has to have it needs to be able to accelerate very very quickly but it also needs to ram on the brakes yeah. really really quickly at the same time as well so it's a very very niche uh, set of skills if you like that polo ponies need to be able to bring to the table. Um, this is something uh, that is, is, is being developed more over now in other parts of the world. We're seeing more and more... Uh, th- th- there are more campaigns, like a lot of the stuff I do back in the UK, you get a lot of horses that were, in, uh, were, were racehorses that have come out of racehorse uh, 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 training and have been retrained for the purposes of polo. So they've been repurposed, if you like. There's not uh, end of uh, end of life, etc. Yeah. At the end of uh, your polo, uh, at the end of your racing career, so you're retrained uh, into into polo. So 
Um, yeah, the best are, 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 are bred specifically, but others can be trained uh, alternatively and retrained. Interesting. Very interesting. Is there, I know this. This is a weird another quiz question. Here's one for you. Uh-oh. Polo is one of the few sports that has was once in the modern Olympic Games, then removed. So coming back at you, is there any talk of trying to get drum up interest to get it back onto the Olympic stage? I think you know we go back to the original point that we were making. That is a very niche sport. It's a sport where it's got a, something of a, a reputation problem as well. Uh, a because it involves whipping of horses uh, and so yeah. you've got certain lobbies that are saying hang on you can't be doing that um, uh, in, in, in the spirit of sport at the moment and the other thing is seen too elitist yeah. so whilst you know you've got so many sports knocking on the door of Olympic inclusion squash, squash being one of them uh, other sports that, 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 that are more accessible if you like I think that's the problem with polo is that whilst it used to be a sport that a lot of people played back in the day as it were now it's become more and more elitist they'd love to get it back into in, in, into the games for sure but I just don't I don't see that as a, as a potential there if anything you know and, and you were talking about uh, the XFL league that's going on right. over, in the, over in the states a little earlier on I was listening so I was listening on the way and so you proved that we have one Good. person one minute uh, <laughs> I went to Virgin um, <laughs> she can't see that <laughs> but what I well, no, I was listening to that and saying that's the, that's the thing that's going on in polo at the moment is that as we're seeing in so many different sports that, that and I hate to use that disruption word because we use it so often in industry as well at the moment but everything needs to be disrupted at the moment needs to be more more consumable for the for the sports consumer etc uh, and that's something that polo is going through how can you make it more for the accessible. masses yeah. more accessible uh, to more and more people more and more sponsors and that's something that the, the state's doing a lot with at the moment and we're trying different sort of formats in other parts of the world uh, but it is a struggle it is a struggle it's a reputation issue that they need to try and get over but um, interesting get yourself involved in the Formal game education well, I could do with one of those. 4001, if you want to have your say, let's take a short breather. When we come back, we'll tell you what's been going on in the sport thus far. We've got plenty of guests to look forward to, and hopefully uh, they're on their bike, quite literally. 4001, if you want to have your say. The Grill has all the sport you need right now. On Dubai I 103.8. So, yeah, keep your thoughts coming through to us, 4001. Let's just do a quick roundup of where we're at today uh, as we fast approach the uh, end of the first hour of the show. We've got full time in the Premier League. Uh, Chris McCarty, a few problems down at Southampton. Yeah, certainly is. Came in today with the worst home record in the Premier League. That all being said, Southampton, Ralph Hasenhutl, he's turned things around in recent weeks of Southampton. They've picked up some good results, but not a good result today. It's now seven unbeaten for Burnley against the Saints. Southampton won Burnley 2. Burnley took the lead inside two minutes, a goal direct from the corner. It was Ashley Westwood it was who was standing over the corner wide on the left-hand side. Danny Ings, the man stationed on the near post, inexcusably let it past him. He waved it on thinking, I think, that it was going into the side netting. It wasn't. It went straight in despite the best efforts of the Southampton goalkeeper, Alex McCarthy. Couldn't keep it out. Burnley took the lead. Danny Ings, he made up for that. He atoned for that because just 16 minutes later, he levelled things up. A real good goal, this. He attempted a little one-two in the edge of the box. It popped back to him. Took his first touch to get it away. I think it was Ben Mee, the Burnley captain, and then rifled one into the bottom corner. Nick Pope with absolutely no chance. Danny Ings, 15th goal of a remarkable season for a man who has had his injury problems in the last couple of years. If that goal was good, 
Well, the winning goal was even better. It was Mattia Vidra, it was. The former Watford man has really struggled for game time since making a big money move to Burnley. It was actually his first league goal for the club and it was a what a goal it was as well. Big long ball played into him. Beautiful first touch on the chest. A la Zinedine Zidane a little from the 2000 Champions League final. Got it on the chest, moved it away from the centre half. Little left foot touch just to open up space for him and then bang, left foot volley into the top corner. McCarthy no chance, fantastic goal fit to win any match it finished that way Southampton won Burnley 2 Norwich Liverpool is your late game in the Premier League uh, we've also had a result in the Championship we've got lots to talk about in the Championship yeah. Low games kicking off at 7 o'clock uh, and goals are plenty in the early kickoff. Brom against Forest absolute belter this one West Brom top of the table Nottingham Forest chasing them and leads down for automatic promotion it's finished at the Hawthorne West Brom 2 Nottingham Forest 2 it was Callum Robinson the man on loan from Sheffield United who gave West Brom the lead uh, 8 minutes before the break Kyle Bartley the former Arsenal Rangers Swansea centre half an own goal levelled things up at the break it was another own goal that gave West Bromwich Albion the lead Tobias Figueiredo it was that gave the home side the lead but in stoppage time at the end of the game a man who is interesting an awful lot of clubs is Matty Cash he's moved to right back under Sabri Lamucci looks a real player in that position as well still young was very much touted as a up and coming superstar when he was coming through the Nottingham Forest Academy it was he that levelled things up he's had a wonderful season in at fullback has Matty Cash so two apiece there it's good news if you're a Leeds United fan because a victory for Leeds and they are in action a little later they take on Bristol City in 10 minutes of course kickoffs 7pm victory for Leeds today and well they could be back atop well I say back atop they would close the gap in actual fact to four points so they are still a long way back Leeds have had a terrible recent run of results so West Brom are actually clear by seven points with that point today Leeds with victory today can close that gap to four points at the top of the championship table. Result from Spanish La Liga from a little earlier on today. Mallorca taking on Alaves. It was Mallorca who walked away with the points there. Uh, we're getting ready for Barcelona in action against Getafe. That one gets underway very, very shortly. It's a seven o'clock kickoff local time here in the UAE. Villarreal against Levante. Granada against Real Valladolid a little later in proceedings. German Bundesliga is underway. Dusseldorf against Borussia Mönchengladbach is your late kickoff at 930 couple of goals to report though in the first 20 minutes of action in the Bundes yeah Bundesliga is obviously the excitement building ahead of what is promising to be you make a good argument to say Tom there is no better chase in all of the European top five nice. leagues for the title this season yes okay Italy you've got a lot of intrigue around that one Juventus Inter Milan Lazio chasing them down but the Bundesliga it's been fantastic all season long and we do have goals Union Berlin they lead Bayer Leverkusen by a goal to nil RB Leipzig who are looking to chase down Bayern at the top of the table they lead Werder Bremen by a goal to nil and it's a Lucas Klosterman I was about to say Timo Werner it's not though Werner has been their go-to man this season it's Klosterman the right back who's given them the lead Paderborn nil Hertha Berlin one Jurgen Klinsmann stepping down as Hertha Berlin boss after what two months in charge this past week they lead at Paderborn by a goal to nil and Hoffenheim nil Wolfsburg one your late kickoff this evening it is Fortuna Dusseldorf against Borussia Mönchengladbach big win last night Dortmund 4-0 they beat Eintracht Frankfurt at the Westfalen Stadion and uh, that match and Erling Haaland once again <laughs> on the score sheet. He just can't stop scoring. One of those news headlines that you just scratch your head out that came out this week. You just mentioned it right there. Former U.S. men's soccer coach Jurgen Klinsmann stepping down after 76 days yeah. at the helm for Berlin. 
What 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 went wrong for him up there? Well, that's a good it's, question. Because everyone it's, just it's it's just it's mind boggling. It is. Isn't it? it is a little. He's come out to say that he doesn't feel that the support was there. That's despite the fact they spent big money. You know, they bought Christoph Piatek from AC Milan, the man that scored goals for fun at Genoa. He was a big money signing. He's come in. Matias Cunha as well, the man that they signed from RB Leipzig, the Brazilian striker. So money has been spent at that football club, Ross, over the last 12 months. Some suggestion that. Jurgen, he's got previous. You know, when you think since his heady days of Germany 2000, I say heady days, they didn't win, they didn't get what they wanted from that 2006 World Cup. Took over at the USA, uh, a man who has spent a lot of time in, in Florida, California. I think Cal has still got a home over there. He, he, he did well there, but since coming back into club football, Bayern Munich, Hertha Berlin, he's a little, how to say this, a little naive. Jurgen tactically and he's been found out once again I'm not quite sure what's going on behind the scenes but maybe a feeling that he, he maybe wasn't he feels that he wasn't given the sport I wonder that maybe you, he's you feel the there's more to the story don't massively you? don't you when Just someone leaves a job paper. after 76 right. days something's not right so Jurgen Klinsmann goes on and well he's not been missed today because I can tell you as I say Hertha Berlin they do lead Padern Boyne by a goal to nil and it's the former Celtic centre half Derek Boyata that's given Hertha Berlin the lead Lecce uh, have taken a half-time lead against Spal over in Italian Serie A. Uh, Marco Mancozu, the man uh, from the penalty spot on 41 minutes, is the man who separates. It's his goal that separates those two. Bologna against Genoa, Atalanta against Roma a little late. I'm really confused about football at the moment. I mean, I'm confused about football at the best of times. But this, this whole break in the UK, what's going on? I mean, yeah. I thought... Either we have a break or you don't have a break. How is it that two teams, uh, four teams have to play while the other teams get a break? That, isn't get. that head-scratching? Well, also, is that unfair? No, because everyone gets a break. So the way that they've worked it, it's all about the TV executives. The Premier League and their Sky Sports, your BT Sports, your BN Sports, they don't want any drop or break in football. So what they've done is they came up with this idea that last weekend we saw eight teams uh, partake four matches in the Premier League. They are now on a two-week hiatus. After their games last weekend, Sheffield United, case in point, yeah. they beat Bournemouth. What did they do? They, they then headed here to the sunshine of Dubai. They've got two weeks off. For the teams playing this weekend, which is 12 teams, quick maths, eight last weekend, 12 this weekend, they've had a fortnight off because you think they didn't play last weekend. So it's about, it's staggering it. Every team in the Premier League, every 20 of the 20 Premier League teams have had two weeks off. It's just they've staggered them. So four games last weekend, six games this weekend. They've all had a little break in the sunshine, and it's all to ensure that there is football. The, the, the TV executives didn't want, a, a, I guess, a weekend whereby we're twiddling our thumbs talking about a different league and a different sport. But it's just random. The, the thing I find random about it is how they scheduled two games today, but an early kickoff and a late kickoff did it last week as well yeah, yeah I mean it, it, again it's for TV so the 3pm are still the 3pm right. kickoffs in the UK are still sacrosanct from a domestic uh, TV rights perspective whether that changes in the coming years I've got my own thoughts on that but what they've done is they've put on an early kickoff which means it can be broadcast in the UK they've put on a late kickoff Norwich Liverpool can be broadcast in the UK same with tomorrow all of those games will be broadcast into Monday night and then I think Man City play West Ham in that yeah. uh, rescheduled match yeah. that was had to be called off because of Hurricane whatever it was a couple of weeks back 
So they'll make sure that all of those are televised. It puts more bums on seats, more people watching the Premier League. It's all about the cash, Tom. Uh, there was a, coast, a, a game last night as well, Wolves against Leicester. Uh, that didn't trouble the score. Was it awful? Uh, I, well, I debated about staying up and then I eventually did. And after 15 minutes, I went, nope, not having this. I'm off to bed. And then I woke up. First thing I did this morning, checked the score, nil-nil. I think there was a little bit of controversy around it, I think, at the end of the first half. A VER decision that, that Mike Oliver gave against Wolves and Brendan Rodgers was questioned afterwards and said, listen, some go for you, some don't. It all balanced itself out, that old cliche. But nil-nil, not much to write home about. Decent not, result for Leicester because it keeps them very much in the top four, hunt. Not the case in the Championship, though. Eight goals in the Championship last night. Some game four, that. For Hull for Swansea for Some game Bosch. that. Hull, I think, have not won now in seven <laughs> in the league. I mean, I know you talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Gazicki's now at West Brom. Kamil Gazicki, the uh, the Polish winger. They've obviously sold on Jared Bowen to West Ham. So that's a team that, on paper, you think, well, where will the goals come from? They scored four last night and still didn't win because Swansea themselves have got some good goal scorers. Rian Brewster on loan from Liverpool got one of those goals. They were three times behind in this one. 1-0, 1-1, 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 3-3. They then took the lead, did Swansea, and it was a late, late equaliser that rescued a point for Hull. It's a result that doesn't really help either side. Both will still be championship teams next season. It certainly doesn't help Swansea. They're sniffing around the playoff spots, and a draw, given that the clubs around them have got winnable matches today, it doesn't help either. Roscoe and I are scratching our heads here. Uh, we need you to intervene oh, for us. We're just having a look at the Barcelona boys coming on. Um, and all the Barcelona team uh, are wearing the name of... Ousmane Dembele. Dembele on their fronts. Yeah, so they're wearing that. This is They've, they've had T-shirts made up. They obviously... This is a PR stunt, I think, more than anything else. There's been a lot of okay. chat. Ousmane Dembele is... Uh, well, they're standing in solidarity for their friend, their colleague, their teammate. But uh, this past week, Ousmane Dembele, serious injury. He will be out for six months. And this is just a show of their support to a guy that's kind of been criticised heavily in the last, kind of well since he joined Barcelona, his lifestyle let's just say oh, okay. does not live up to Barcelona's or, or certainly is not to their liking, there's been a lot of allegations that he's been related to training some suggestions that he's got an addiction with FIFA and that he's been playing <laughs> late into that's the a night different, That's a different Maradona Barcelona yeah. experience isn't <laughs> Very it? Very different Ross. That's how times have changed yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but I, I, uh, it's good that they're coming out and showing uh Showing their respect. Chris, I've been keeping my eye on uh, the Italian league this year just because my, my man's Latin is back in it. AC Milan, the Milan Derby was this week. How exciting was that? 4-2. to two. But then they come back against Juventus, and the Milan shows that they might be on the up here. Well, yeah, 1-1 Coppa Italia semi-final first leg draw. It was a late goal. Juventus themselves have, have struggled in recent weeks. They were beaten last weekend by Verona. In terms of the Italian title race, there's three in it. Juventus, Inter and Lazio. I mean, the, the story is really Lazio for me this season. I know Antonio Conte's coming in Inter Milan and what a job he's done. But for Simone and Zaghi to get that Lazio team 18 games unbeaten, that is a club record. Not even the great Lazio team of 99-2000 under Sven Joran Eriksson when they spent just stupid money. Diego Simeone, Juan Sebastian Verón, Hernan Crespo, 
Christian Vieri was part of that title-winning team, Scudetto-winning team. Not even they could match that. 18 games unbeaten. Watch out for this Lazio team, but I'm with you, Ross. Serie A has come alive. Milan, Inter, Napoli and Juventus. They are the four teams in the Coppa Italia semi-finals. Napoli actually beat Inter Milan by a goal to nil in the other semi. It was one apiece between Milan and Juve. They've got two legs, the second legs to come, but it's the, the title race. All eyes on that. Juve, Inter, Lazio. Only a point separates those three. It's Inter and Juve joint at the top. And... Uh, yeah, may the best team win. I've got a sneaky feeling. I think Lazio will just fall away. I, I really believe that. I think Inter. I think Antonio Conte will get the job done again this Barcelona season. Barcelona on uh, in action uh, on the big screen down here uh, at Barasti. Get yourself down here to watch that one. Just have a look at that ground, fellas. Have a look at that ground. Yeah, compared to Southampton, where have a look at no, that ground. no one was there. <laughs> it's extraordinary, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable. Not unbelievable. a single seat in the house. That's so good. It is an amphitheatre. It's a citadel of football is what the Camp Nou is. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to pop over there. I've never actually been to a game. I was there for the tour. And it is. It's steeped in, steeped in all the history and the tradition that you'd imagine. And, and why would it not be Phil? It fool every single week when you've got Lionel Messi, the greatest player that, in my opinion, has ever played the game. It'd be a travesty if there was an empty seat in that house every weekend. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.